This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to have you here. Thanks for coming. So today, today is a day when I'm feeling grateful. Isn't it nice to know when you've finished something? And it's the day after we finished the shearing of our herd of 37. And uh, a bit more challenging this year, physically, for us, and sort of post-COVID vaccination and various things. So that was an interesting process, more relaxed in lots of ways, and we we worked our way through that. So there's a few things to share with you, a few things to learn, some thoughts on how you can approach shearing, what to do when things don't go quite to plan, and how to build a better future. So I just want to talk through some of those things. But today, today as I record, then the grass is wet, damp from recent rain, as someone who farms alpacas, I think I view the world differently to a lot of other people. And that's probably true of people who farm most animals, I think. It changes your perspective on things. So I'm looking at the grass and thinking, I wish it would grow. And I know many people are looking at the grass and saying, oh, I wish it wouldn't grow so fast, I need to cut it now. So I want grass to grow for my animals, and I don't mind it. So some areas have gone berserk. We've got so much new green growth, it's excellent. Good to see, but the alpacas aren't keeping up with it in every place. And do you know, these weeds, weeds seem to grow so fast and furious. So they all need <laughs> continuous attention, keeping them under control. Bit of strimming here and there. So they need a haircut as well. The time for shearing was upon us. And so we started with the first shearing, which was me. Um, so Sue, my wife, very kindly helped reduce my locks down to something much more manageable for the hot, sweaty work of shearing the alpacas. We left the young ones till to, to later. We started with, it's kind of like a triage working through who do we deal with first? Who are the ones who are most in need of releasing from their, from their heavy fleece and from the, the potential problem with, with heat? We went into a hot spell and just kind of ran on, uh, but interspersed with a few bits of rain. So we, we were kind of wanting to crack on, but we couldn't make as much progress as quickly as we, we wanted to, which was a shame. But there we go. We normally start with the white ones and finish with the blacks, but we, we decided we needed to protect these ones who would potentially get affected by the heat more. So that was a good start. We then worked on through some of the other ones, again, just working through who are the, the ones who most need to be dealt with first clearing some of those. That was an interesting time recognising the difference in the, the fleece. As the, some of these are getting older and the fleece is changing, not as long. And it does make it a challenge to work out what do you do with it. So Sue was doing a lot of sorting as we went and we we were a lot more decisive about what we we're going to keep and what we didn't. And if it was too short, then we just, there's no point. That's not really what we need. So we, we didn't want to keep that in in the same ways we have done in previous years. So the, the, the length of the fleece is important, and obviously the quality and the kind of use you can put it to, but the, the length is one of the key issues in terms of being able to process it. And of course, some of them come up so beautifully. Once you've sheared them, the, the, the colour 
of the fleece down at skin level is quite different. And that was nice to see some of the uh, the fawns particularly. So there's a colouring around the head and down the neck and onto the onto the back um, that that kind of comes through and then the lighter colours. But uh, they, 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 they scrub up well. They scrub up well. So that was nice too. They seemed to appreciate. We, we managed to work out a system of how we were going to manage them and you you do that. You know, where are you going to put them? How are you going to hold them? Can you release the ones that are not going to be dealt with that day so that they don't live there in a, mo- a sense of of stress and impending doom of being invited in to have their hair cut? We managed to find a way of bringing them around into a, a more contained area all the time, bring them down into a smaller area, and rather than chasing them around, trying to get them into... Um, now they do work out fairly quickly what's going on they do remember and some of them do remember and really don't want to be anywhere near but we had some that kind of wandered down to check out things and wandered in so we took advantage and closed the door and we did them as they were there so there's different approaches some got quite panicky we did have a group that was separated off and we were going to do Owena Owena's the big brown female she's she's amazing uh, amazing eyes and things, but she is tall and she is strong, and she does tend to rear up and go go upwards. So a bit of a bit of a handful. And she was outside, but she wasn't too keen on this at all. And she was outside in the little corral area, and we had a problem with the fence. The posts had just rotted as they do sometimes, so we'd replaced the posts, put the fence back in place, but hadn't put the top line on, or replaced with a top rail back across the top. And so visually, it didn't look quite as tall. And I think we didn't see how it happened. I think she probably fell over it rather than than jumped over it. But she decided she wasn't going to hang around. And as she leaned on this thing, it went down a little bit. So she went on a bit more. And I think she she got out that way. So she, we lost her. Uh, well, not very far. But she was back with the others rather than in the collection of ones we were going to be doing the shearing. So Owena escaped that day. So we did her later with the youngsters and that was fine but uh yeah so working through the different animals different colors checking them over uh they've all got wrinkles in slightly different places well same places but some of the wrinkles are bigger than others and some of the skin as they get older doesn't seem to be quite as good and more wrinkles down the legs and things which you just got to be careful how you're doing them so that you're not risking cutting them and then around the the head and the eyes particularly just being very careful they're like rolling so there's a lot of dust and dirt and the the shears just get very hot then so trying to manage all of that side of things some of them in particular megan probably is in that category megan's our firstborn and she's she's a big girl and a lot of lot of fleece uh even now a lot of dense fleece not that long but a lot of it so we we're doing that but she hates she hates her front legs being done so you're trying to manage these things and keep them comfortable, least distress, and working through uh, all the different parts of their body, making sure that they get appropriate attention, but also doing them as quickly as, as we can. So on the last day, we were planning to do the youngsters and also catch up with Owena, who, as you remember, had jumped the fence. We'd done some in the morning and then we went off for lunch, came back. And do you know Owena and and Harrod actually? And we thought her mum had brought themselves down. So 
they'd kind of come around the back of the stable. And I think they were trying to escape rather, again, rather than uh, actually coming down for a haircut. But there we go. We closed the gate behind them. And there they were. So, and there was an alpaca sat. I think, you know, oh, there's Alice. She, uh, I don't remember. Was Alice in? Oh, so Betsy must be in there as well. So, and then when I looked, there was only the three of them. And it was Alice was was in with Anne Harrod rather than, than Anne Harrod's mum. So Betsy was nowhere to be seen, but Anne Harrod had brought herself down. So we, we sought her out and we sorted out a winner. A little bit of a struggle. She's a big girl and strong, as I said, but we managed to get it. She, she kind of settled pretty quickly. Uh, no, no, that's not quite true. What I mean is she sat down pretty quickly. Uh, we were able to then tip her over and gently and be able to put the ropes on and things. But it was a, she's, ah, it was a bit of a fight, to be sure. But uh, she's just such a strong girl. Not the usual kind of launching for the sky, the sky, because she tends to do that. She kind of goes up, but we managed. So some of the earlier episodes where we've talked about shearing have explained the practicalities. But I think one of the things I wanted to, to think about with you was the approach to shearing. Um, we do our own. So that's that's one thing. But if you're going to have shearers coming in, then being organised and having the, the workflow. But to but clarify what's exactly needed and work out where you're going to put them, how you're going to hold them. There's a place where we are able to, to kind of keep them in a smaller area around the back of the stable and then feed them in one at a time and bring them into to the stable for shearing. But earlier in the day, it's great. It's, it's in shade. Then there's a spell where it's getting the sun and then it's in shade again later in the afternoon. But you don't want to leave animals waiting to be sheared in their full fleece, exposed to too much sun. Then make sure that they've got some access to water. We have a, a trough thing that was well, actually a, a feeder, but it's it's a, one I can hang on the gate. And we put water in that and it's up at a higher level. And they can't climb into it because otherwise we've got some that would definitely will feel too hot and climb into the water. And that isn't going to be a good <laughs> preparation for shearing. Just don't start there. If they're damp, you can't do it. So need to have access to water, a bit of hay, a bit of, bit of food as appropriate, but only have as many contained as need to be contained that you can, can process. Uh, because we're doing it, we can take our time. It takes a bit longer in some ways probably, but it's hopefully less stressful for us and for the animals. So some of them we, we were bringing through and it was a bit of dodging and weaving, trying to get them to walk into the right door. And we got a small stable next to the larger stable. So if they, if they went in the wrong door, then we can easily feed them from one to the other. But, but some, it was a bit more physical to, to get them into the right place and get them to stand in the right place so we can put the ropes on the legs. And again, take your time work it through, work out the logistics, know your animals in particular, so that this is the one who tends to get upset and will stand and wee a lot. So let's do that off the mat before we get on the mat and give them time and space. Let them have a little wander around, let them get settled, but not too much. Yeah, it's trying to read that, what's going on. When things aren't quite as you expect them to be, then you need to work out how to respond to that. Don't panic, but have have a thought in advance for those things. So in terms of vaccinations, if you're going to do those, uh, now 
that's an interesting question, isn't it? And there is a school of thought that says don't do them at the time of shearing because they're stressed. The vaccination isn't the immune system is going to be affected and isn't necessarily going to produce the best response to the vaccination, which I can understand the logic of and follow along with that. And we've tried that approach. But also, when you have them restrained, it's far easier to give them the, 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 the quickly, easily give them the injection. So that's another factor to bear in mind. And it's a balancing act. And it's a question of what's going to be easiest and quickest and least stressful for you and for the animals. So we, we did the vaccinations this year. So you've got to keep them as cool as possible, but they need to be prepared and ready as well. So it's it's this balancing act. Oh, there we are again. It's always this balancing act. And that's the thing that we, we live with. So that's that side of things. And then remembering that you're going to be doing this again. The animals are going to need to be sheared again. So try and build something for the future. Don't just deal with today's issue of getting them sheared. That's important. And that shouldn't be minimised. That You want to do that as quickly and, and as efficiently as possible. However, you also want to be able to, to build something with the animals for future. So a good experience is better than a quick and done. We've finished that shearing. Let's build the thing for the future. A good experience of shearing is going to give you ease in the future, in future years. And having said that, of course, there, there are variations year by year. But in general, if an animal has a good experience or not a bad experience of shearing, then they're going to be more accepting. And it's, uh, as we've recognised, there's lots of handling things that we need to be doing all the time. And that familiarity, that sense of trust, that sense of safety, that you are a safe person to be around. There is some restraint that's needed for shearing, but again, we manage it in a particular way, which means it's less of a negative impact. So we're building for the future in terms of expectation for the animals, and some just, they just, <laughs> they just don't like it. Um, but so often, when we let them go, we brush up, uh, they clean up the, the little bits, let them out, and if the doors to the stable is left open, they wander back in again. And they, they're around. They're not running away from us. So it's it's a difficult experience, but actually it's not so traumatic. So it's all building for the future by giving an expectation that it's not the end of the world. It is something that is a safe intent behind what is happening. So some thoughts on how you approach shearing. Get your mind in the right place. Get your expectations right. Don't be in a rush. Do be prepared. Have everything in place and ready to go before you bring the animals in. If things don't go quite to plan and things get complicated, then just take your time, take a breath, take a break between animals if you need to, and then build those expectations for the future. Know your animals. Know which ones are the screamers. Know which ones are the ones who are going to be difficult and just put extra effort into making that as, as straightforward as possible and building those good experiences of shearing. It doesn't have to be a problem. It is something that has to be done. Build a good expectation in the animals and hopefully for you as well, because it's the first one. I always feel a little bit apprehensive, a little bit worried, a little bit nervous. And when we get to the last one, there's a relief. So I'm 
very happy to know that we finished the shearing for our animals. I'm very happy to know that the rain has come after we finished and we don't have to throw a spare day into the mix and the grass is growing and the animals are, are comfortable and relaxed. They enjoyed sunbathing yesterday and they've been in having some hay today. So things are moving forward. They're still, <laughs> they're still are prepared to be around me, which is nice. So I hope your shearing has gone well. It's probably after the event for most of you, but uh, maybe for next time. So and there are some previous episodes, which I'll put in the show notes, of other comments and things that I've talked about in terms of shearing and practicalities for that. So if that helps, quick catch up. It's been very focused <laughs> for the last week. So, and we'll have a bit more reflection, hopefully, in next week's episode. Thanks for being here. Take care. Go spend some time with an alpaca if you can. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day. 